Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Moana, released in 2016 and directed by Ron Clements and Don Hall. The plot of the movie goes something like this. A Polynesian chief's daughter undertakes a dangerous mission to save her island from a curse inflicted by the demigod Maui. Yeah, so this finally arrived in Australia, like on Boxing Day. Yeah. And we have finally seen this after waiting like a month for it. Um, I was very charmed by this, as I thought I would be. It's sweet, although I watched it like two nights ago and I have forgotten a lot about it. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty underwhelmed by Moana, I'm not going to lie. Um, it uh, looks nice and I, I like all the ideas that they're trying to, you know, get across. But I think that there's something lost in having like – these strong female protagonists where like they have to be everything to everybody um Mm -hmm. and so they can't just be like a person i think there's a really really heavy over-reliance on magic in this movie that kind of like as a deus ex machina showing up to save the day over and over again and like it's a plot that we've seen before i mean it reminded me a lot of um kubo and the two strings but i found it less interesting but Having said that, there's a lot of things I really liked. I uh, particularly the Rock as Maui. He was great. Yes, um, that was really great. Um, I liked um, I liked a lot of the songs, uh, especially in in reprises. I didn't really like them a lot of the time the first time they came in because they were a little bit too like in your face. <laughs> um, but then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they did a reprise of some of them, they were really gorgeous. Especially that one that she does at the beginning, her "I Want" song. I can't remember the name of it right now. Yeah, but, um, her "I Want" song is so much better at the end of the movie when she's been through everything as a reprise mm-hmm. than it is an, as an "I Want" song at the beginning. Yep. And there's a few moments when I thought that. Um, obviously, the highlight in the songs is Maui's "You're Welcome," yes. which was like uh, the, the movie kind of starts coming to life when he yeah. shows up. Absolutely. I mean, it's The Rock. It, it's funny. Even in, in an animated voice movie, he carries it. Yeah. Um. And but and he's not a great singer, not at all. And he's an even worse rapper. <laughs> but he, I liked his singing version of the song better than I liked the one over the credits at the end. Although which I was Lynn. That was Lynn Manuel. Well, I liked the, I liked the rapping in the credits, but the singing wasn't as strong. Or like <laughs> it was professional as opposed to The Rock, but The Rock was just. He was really selling that. I yeah, wonder no, if I mean, did. he's more acting it. And also, yeah. like, he, he's in, in, in the role, it kind of doesn't matter whether or not Maui's a particularly good singer because he's mm. self-aggrandizing so much yeah. that, like, for him to not sing as well works well, well yeah, for that character actually, in that moment. What it really reminds me of is You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me from um, Aladdin, yeah. the genie's big song. Again, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah. and again, not, not, a, not by a professional singer but by someone who acted the shit out of that part. Yeah. Um, and it was really good. I, I really enjoyed that. And, you, yeah, I mean, I was pretty much watching this because I knew The Rock was coming. Um, mm. I obviously it really lacks a strong villain. The movie yeah. really lacks a strong villain. We get like a bunch of different villains that only have momentary, yeah. You know, the bit parts. with the, there's these weird coconut pirates, which um, I read something by someone Polynesian who reviewed it, who was like, "Is that some kind of?" Polynesian joke because that seems a little bit on the nose. Um, there were those weird coconut pirates, and then there was the lava head thingy. Well, the lava head thingy was—I mean, the, that was actually really interesting. But I—I I also felt like she wasn't. She wasn't established. Established. With, this is spoilers, by the way. Guys. Yes. But yeah, uh, she like the the idea of that was really interesting. But I also felt like they hadn't really established that idea well enough before that moment, and that might be so that it. 
is a proper twist, and it is a twist. I mean, for once, God, that's a t- it's a twist that I didn't see coming, which was really nice. Mm. Um, but it would be interesting if there was more of that kind of idea through other characters earlier. We only get a sense of it about 15 minutes earlier than that when she's talking to Maui and he says, without the fish hook, I'm not anybody. Mm. But we don't get any sense of that through Moana's journey. I think it would have been more interesting to parallel that with Moana. Do you know what I mean? Well, because that was the big emotional climax was actually him talk, doing that speech. That, yeah. With that official guy, nothing. That was um, really good. That was one of the better. Yeah. Moments. I kind of want to just go back quickly to what the thing you first said about the strong female character, right? And I feel like she, Moana has this doubly because she's not only a strong female character, she's a woman of colour in the yeah. lead and she's got to carry this whole culture. And I think the cultural issues around this movie are, a little bit confusing because it's like it's like this mishmash of Polynesian culture. Mm. Like you get bits that are Hawaiian and bits that are New Zealand and like every every little island in between. I don't think it's like a, a it's kind of like it's not a cohesive um, look at at any one particular culture. It's well, you can Disney see and hear version. that in the casting. Well, too. well yeah, because Tamura Morrison playing her dad and her grandmother's played by a New Zealand actress but with an American accent. So they've they've cast people who are of Polynesian background. But they've kind of cast a mismatch, mis- mishmatch, mishmash. Mismatch. No, I mean mishmash of Polynesians. Some, again, some are Hawaiian, some are New Zealanders. Like, yeah, and, the place. but it is really also really strange that like the chief has a New Zealand accent and nobody else And does everybody it. else sounds American <laughs> except for the one tiny little role, Alan Tudyk. <laughs> Alan Tudyk also, by the way, playing Hey, Hey, the Chicken, which is maybe the best role in the movie. Um, my favorite yeah. thing from this movie is still the like 10 second clip of him doing chicken sounds and then going, I went to Juilliard. Um, uh, uh. Makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Jermaine Clement crab oh, song is so great. That, that's the that's other so reason. random. It's wonderful, but it's but so random. One of the other reasons why like the ending is so strange because he gets this big villain song and he's in the movie for five minutes. Mm. You know, it's such a – and that area, that realm of monsters was so cool and interesting. And I was like, oh, are we going to stay here for the – nope, we're and back that, in the ocean and it's just the ocean again and it's nowhere near as interesting as that five-second – And they know. defeat him very cleverly too, so why not build up to that a bit more? Um, it did sort of suffer from having like these set pieces – Mm. Um, of battles that she had to go through, rather than kind of, rather than them feeling organic. But I particularly felt that way about the pirates. It was just like this was just sort of very by the numbers, like trying the, to the show off some problem, of the things they could do with her. The biggest problem that I had with the pirates was that they really demonstrated the lack of real threat in the movie because they never feel threatening or scary. No, you no, never think a, she's going to get hurt. Like crazy things start happening, and she just defeats them in no time with no problems. I think one of the I, I anytime was, she falls off the boat, she's pushed back up by the ocean every single time. Yeah, I was comparing this a lot to um, Frozen. Yeah, in my mind, and I think one of the reasons why Elsa, in particular, has like really affected people and really captured people is because she is really not perfect. In fact, she's kind of the villain for a lot of the mm, movie. Yeah, she's, it's like, not Anna who captivated people either. No. Now, Anna is your more traditional Disney princess, but everyone, everyone comes out of that movie loving Elsa. Right, and Elsa is vulnerable and scared and angry and like really has a lot of problems. And, and she she's messes the one who- up. Big time. Yeah, and she's the one who genuinely has to overcome something by the end of the movie and, and you know – but because she's got these big problems facing her, it feels so much bigger when she overcomes them. But with Moana, you never really feel like that there's going to be 
any chance of them not doing that. You know, there's, there's never going to be any chance of it not succeeding, no matter how big the obstacles are. And everything is so big and so magical and so over the top. Mm. Um, and it looks amazing. Like that bit in the end when the island comes back to life is so stunning when, and gorgeous. Um, I can't remember the goddess's name, but the, the villain. Tahiti, I think. Tahiki. Um, so it's something like that. It, it rhymes with Tahiti, Tefiti? but I think it's Tahiti. Um, anyway, when she comes to life, when, when she turns green again, that stuff is just That's what amazing. I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really, that was really so well beautiful. Done. Mm. Um, and, and again, the, the monsters, the realm of monsters, I could have stayed there for ages. That looked a lot like, um, the Dormammu <laughs> universe. Oh, in from Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. The, that kind of neon aesthetic that's really popular right now. And that was in Kubo too. But that looked amazing. I really liked that. And then the, the villain song, the shiny Jermaine Clement song. And when he, when the lights <laughs> so, go out and it's all glowy. This movie was so nuts. And I learned last night that the first draft of the script was written by Taika Waititi. And then that suddenly explained so much about it because <laughs> you said that i was like oh, yeah right. and i saw this last night and was like oh that makes sense because he's thanked in the credits but he doesn't actually get a writing credit but apparently he did the first draft of the script i remember that and i remember he was writing it yeah actually way back in and the day. once i heard that a whole lot of the other stuff fell into place like, yeah like they must actually you know what that makes me think of is queen of catway when they like tried to put Mira Nair with Disney. Yeah. I, this kind of feel, I can sort of see them going, looking at Taika Waititi's version and going, oh, no, that's, no, we're not going to well, do that. Let's hope we don't have that trouble with Thor. But um, they, that makes so much sense because this, actually this script is quite out there for a Disney film. It's quite meta. Yeah, a lot the, of self-referential stuff. And um, and it kind of works well, I think, particularly for The Rock. The Rock is kind of suited to that stuff. But As you know, I'm not that keen on the, the meta self-referential stuff in Disney. Like, it feels a bit too DreamWorks for me. But it would, I mean, if they were consistent with it, I think it would might work a bit better. But, like, it feels really inconsistent and, like, out of the, and, and the thing about, um, you talked about Aladdin before, but with Aladdin, he, uh, the genie is quite meta, but mm. only the genie is meta and nobody else knows what's going on. Mm. If they had something like that where, like, they'd established that this person is being really meta but everybody else is kind of in the dark about it, that would maybe be mm. interesting. Although, I mean, to be fair, it's really only Maui and the grandmother who are meta. And the, the and Jermaine Clement. Oh, Jermaine, yeah, right. He almost feels like this tacked-on bit that's kind of separate from the whole film. And Moana is self-referential at one point because he's like, you're a princess. And she's like, I'm not a princess. I am a chief's daughter. And then, But he, that's Maui doing that. No, I know. But he, like, he's re making the Pocahontas references, but she's still being like, it's still meta that she's saying, no, I'm not a princess because of these things. And I'm like, well, how does she know what a princess is? <laughs> like, it's still really meta. And there's a lot of stuff like that where you're like, there's no way they know what this is. All of this scripting is really modern. Um, there's no way that this is something that they can understand. Yeah, so it's 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 a strange little concoction. I think they're kind of trying to make it bubble by and be frothy and like yeah, fun. Yeah, there's all these weird... very funny. There are a lot of good one-liners. I was yeah. giggling a lot. Yeah, there there are a lot of good one-liners, mostly from The Rock. But yeah, there's other. Uh, I mean, yeah, get... uh, Grandma as well. I'm the village crazy lady. Yeah, she's great. Um, she is so great. She and is I my kind of liked the um. The woman, like a, a being a wise old woman, having the sort of mentor role as well. Mm. Um, she does get fridged, but sure. She well, no, but no, but she dies like Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, right. But she um, does get fridged. Yes, she does. But she also gets to play Obi Wan Kenobi, so that's kind of nice because that usually isn't a wise old woman. And the I like the use of the the wise old witch character in that way. I feel like the there's really 
two things that they needed to tighten up for this to be really great, right? One is actually knowing who Moana is <laughs> as a person, especially since that's her whole theme. Who am I? And you're like, I don't, I don't know. I came out of this movie. I still don't know who Moana is. Who is mm. she? She's a girl who loves her island and the ocean and the horizon is calling to her. But the call comes from inside. Everything I know about her is in that song, right? Mm. Like, well, well, she's just like this good girl who's always cold to the sea. Like that seems to be literally her only fault in inverted commas is that she loves the sea right like she's like a good kid and like enough of, of an adventure adventurer but also a good girl who's respects her like it's very what is she bad at like being obedient which is well, who wants to be good at that like <laughs> what, what is she no like skills wise anything like that what is she mm. bad at nothing she can do everything the first time she tries to do it almost she she crashes back onto the well, yeah, I, there, there needed to be, I think, a bigger stake in that um, the boat crash, that first boat crash when she first goes out and she stuffs it up and she comes back. She does crash, but as I think you were saying earlier, it's too like you never think she's going to die. You never think any one of her beloved pets is going to die. Anything like that. there's not the stakes in that first the first mess up. Like she never makes a mess that is so, and so it's bad. Not just that, about dying. There's no emotional stakes. What are the mm. emotional stakes of this movie? You know, what what's at stake for her emotionally? Failing, but we know she's not going to fail because the movie won't finish. Yeah, and and also like her obstacles are all overcome relatively quickly, relatively yeah. easily. And again, it's the the rock who has the real character journey there. Exactly. The yeah, Maui. <laughs> Maui is character. But really, Maui is the more interesting character. He's the Elsa, I suppose. Um, and like, it's, um, it, we just need to see her be a person and have faults and have, like, it, it, you can't just have dreams and aspirations and be good at everything and then achieve those dreams and aspirations in order to be a hero. Yeah, well, also, you've yeah, got to fail, you've got to fall, you've got to be bad at something. And your stuff ups have to have consequences for other people. So she never really does anything where there's a real consequence. She destroys a boat, but she comes back alive and her dad just gets cranky at her. There's never like – Well, she, there's that bit with Maui and her where she tries to get through that's, the islands. That's but, her, but that idea ends up working anyway. Yeah. So like – and it, they only, it only didn't work because he like pulls her away from it, it seems, yeah. in the movie. So even then that's not something that she did wrong. Yeah. Like if she had been shown to be like too um, – impulsive or something like that and then she did something that we could, could clearly see was impulsive and we could see clearly that it wasn't going to work mm. then that would have emotional stakes that leads to their big breakup that would mean something just something little like that that really gives us more of a sense of who she is mm. um apart from you know being gorgeously animated but yeah like, like really letting down her people that would have been more of a yeah that would have given some more or letting down somebody <laughs> yeah that's right and having to fix it really stuffing up and having to get having to fix it that i mean still all this said i found it so charming and so sweet and so funny and like stupidly cute There's cute a, definitely oh my god the bit at the start where she's a baby and she's sheltering <laughs> yeah. the baby turtle to get across the beach to the ocean i'm just like this is ridiculous the cute is strong with this one it's just so ridiculous and she's got this pig who um goes on the first boat trip and then is like traumatized from boats forever after uh and only recovers at the end when they suddenly become a seafaring people again and the chicken the chicken is amazing chickens chicken maui are the this best is the second movie like the second movie in three weeks where an alan tudyk like <laughs> character has saved the whole thing by being like the only bit of decent comic relief that's not fair on the on Maui, really. But um, like he just really that chicken just is so hilarious. So many times. The movie times. needed so much less time on the open sea, to like 
Well, that's what it, that's why it so felt drags. episodic because it was just like uh, then this happens and we solve the problem and then this happens yeah. and then we go here and this happened. Yeah, it was a bit too much, I think. And that what, bit that um, that Lin Manuel Miranda actually sings the the flashback thing was almost a more interesting story than the story that we watched. Like the the them being explorers and then having to mm. like stop doing that because the sea um like because Moana stole the heart of the sea. Well, I think that was a more interesting story. I would have liked to dig into the the um the life of the her people more actually, like the people on the island and the um the culture that's around them and all that kind of stuff because that stuff is interesting. Like, you know, them becoming isolated, even though like it, Pacific Islanders sort of the reason we lump them all together is because all these islands are not that far from one another and they all kind of just, you know, they actually interact with each other and they do sail between islands and there's intermarriage and interrelations and that would have been nice to dig into a little bit more and have a little bit more of that kind of stuff. Whereas they sort of ran the – the village seemed to run like like a monarchy and I'm not sure that – and they, that was done I think to simplify it because this is Disney and they kind of want to make a princess. But it was sort of – I think it was not necessarily a reflection of – actual islander culture i think the only thing that i really liked about that was that they nobody questioned that she was going to be the next chief no that that was was interesting especially as he was like and my father and his father and then his father because it seems that they'd been all male chiefs and then now she was going to inherit and that was cool and nobody did question it which was amazing how to train your dragon take notes um yeah (laughs) and the bit at the end with the shell on top of the rocks is so gorgeous you know Mm -hmm. and like there's little bits and pieces where you well i and i love the stuff um the, the grandmother and the stingray, like her, um, her, I don't know what it is, like her totem animal, her animal that's important to her and that family. Like I thought that was really nicely done mm. and the, the stingray coming back and, and helping Moana and guiding her and stuff like that. Again, I, it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. I like that. It is really sweet, but there's too many of those. Like the sea is Moana's friend and that's a character in the movie. And then you get the stingray magic thing and Maui's magic and the magic of the demigods and the magic of the giant crab and like the the actual sort of mythology of the movie is quite hard to follow a lot of the time they have to explain it to you a lot there's a lot of exposition about what the mythology is in order to figure out what's happening and then because of it's the aforementioned mishmash they um it doesn't make sense because they've picked and chose bits of polynesian culture that work here and there but also tried to simplify everything for like the white american audience but also you get the sense that like these are people who live like us you know relatively everyday lives they don't have interaction with magic on a regular basis you know that like there's no indication that this is something that everybody else is experiencing but once moana goes out there she's cool with everything nothing phases her nothing surprises her all of this stuff with the gods and everything and like well grandma's telling them all the stories and her dad's like oh there's no monsters and you're like i mean we never – there's never any sense of, like, wonder in that. Mm, well, because it seems like the religion – like, the, the religious aspects, the, the demigods and the magic and all that kind of stuff are actually important, but only, like, Moana and her grandmother are keeping up those traditions. Again, yeah. that's kind of interesting, you know, that sort of clash between modernity and, and traditions. That's, like, well, interesting because then you look at the dad and you think about him being superstitious. So, you know, he's he may not – believe in the same magic as his mother does but he has his own superstitions and rituals and all that kind of stuff which are interesting i guess um one of the most interesting moments for me was the bit where um moana was telling maui that he's a hero to no one 
like he's been away from the world for a thousand years and he comes back and suddenly nobody likes him anymore because he stole the heart. And mm. that was a really interesting idea. It'd be interesting to see a lot more of that <laughs> sort of mm. thing. Um, all of these things, kind of things are really, you know, more, there's all these bits and pieces that are interesting, but as a whole, it just doesn't like, it doesn't impress all that much. There's, mm. and, and it's not got the, like, I mean, the other ones, you know, Tangled was really, really cute and really great, but didn't have the same kind of impact as Frozen. And then Frozen had so many plot problems, mm. um, but has had this really big impact. And I really think that mm. there's, that's because of the stronger characterization. And also, also really important note for me. <laughs> Um, Frozen cast all Broadway actors to do the, or lots of Broadway actors to do the voices of the characters, right? Mm. So when Elsa sings Frozen, you feel it, um, sings Let It Go, you feel it in your bones. That's Idina Menzel. Mm. And I understand that, um, why they cast this one the way that they did, but like the only people in this, that they cast for this movie who were quite good singers didn't sing. I mean, Nicole Scherzinger has a piece, has a bit early on. She's relatively good. Yeah, that's um, what I meant. But she, otherwise, yeah. And, Auli Cravalho, the lead, yeah, she's good. I mean, she's, she's very fine. young, and I, I kind of like that they, they actually found a newcomer and they found a Hawaiian girl, and and she's I do too. Good. I like that. That's what I mean. Like, it's yeah, a, it's a kind of a tension there between like you want to cast people who are well known enough, you want to cast people who are the right ethnicity for it, you want to cast the right mm. kind of people, but you also want to cast somebody who's really gonna like, mm. you know, take that song home. Mm. I think that has an effect on it as well. Yeah, and. So so I, I just I just opened the the page the IMDb page of um the one who plays the grandma. It's the the foster carer from um Hunt You're for kidding. the Wilder People. Yeah, Rachel House. See? Oh my god, that's the coolest thing ever. I know, I love her. I have no idea. She's that's, wonderful in that movie. That's amazing. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> um she yeah, she was so good. Uh, I liked her a lot. She was already my favorite. Now she's like Yeah, double right. Favorite. I want to <laughs> see I would have liked to see Grandma and Maui together. Yeah. That would have been good. Yes. How how good would they have been together? Yeah. I mean, because you can't deny the passion of the people involved. Like The Rock, I mean, when The Rock is into something, The Rock is into something. And I genuinely do think that this um, this character for a certain, like, generation of kids will probably be like their genie from Aladdin. It's like this Maui. Yeah. yeah. This big, larger-than-life, hilarious, funny guy who's, play, you know, who's played by a guy who is also amazing with children. And – yeah, and like you, I'm kind of like I'm really glad that they did cast actual Islanders in Islander roles. But yeah, it does mean that the music's not as strong. Um, it, it, well, the music's yeah, like probably said, the, good, the, the but writing of the music's pretty good. But this, like, the, the singing, singing is, is but really it's actually the same problem I'm going to have when we review La La Land. Next, oh my god! <laughs> which is that the songs may be good, but I don't know that they're good because the singing isn't good, and so therefore I'm not that interested in them. Mm. Um, which kind of sucks because these movies kind of grow a life of their own on the strength of the songs. Mm. Well, I know a lot of people really love the soundtrack, so. Yeah, um, maybe it's just like, us. Well, we, the, because the hype train's kind of gone for us as well. Yeah, like, that's The hype true. train is, is moved we're, we're past the station. We're just still sitting here <laughs> waiting a month for our later. sad little train. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's it's a kind of a different experience for us, I think. Which really sucks because if we're not getting it till now, that means New Zealand's not getting it till now. Yeah. In places that actually should have this movie. Like Fiji and all those places. Right. Um, it's it's hard to balance this kind of – they've got to find a way of balancing these, like, cultural – important cultural things with good storytelling. Like, yeah. they have to do this because this has been a problem a few times lately where, like, they, they don't manage to get that balance right mm. of, like, telling good, interesting stories that are unique to this culture that also uh, – um, 
universal and they're mm. also interesting and having characters that are all really interesting and have flaws and have like you know yeah. um a people feel like people um instead of feeling like like a cipher which is kind of what moana felt like she's like this kind of well, she, she's this like amazing girl onto whom um little polynesian girls can project them themselves right which is okay that's great i'm really really glad that little polynesian girls actually have someone in the disney princess world who they can look up to that's great but it also like disney princesses in order to become iconic do have to be flawed and human well it's the one princess per, per culture thing right yeah, one for the brunettes, one for the blondes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then one Polynesian a, and one black princess. Well, there, I mean, but this is and the you thing have is a Native American princess in like, the contest. Yeah, a lot of people had a lot of problems with Princess and the Frog, which I understand. But Tiana has always been my favorite princess, and she is like, she can sing. <laughs> oh my God, Anna Kanoni Rose. Um, but also she's really flawed, right? Like, yeah, yeah. She is a person who like treats people not particularly well and 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 all this sort of stuff because she's so ambitious. Mm. She's wildly ambitious. All she wants to do is work hard and get this restaurant open, and she doesn't care about anything else, right? And like, she doesn't take any time to care about people, and she doesn't take a lot of time to do anything else. And that's like something that she overcomes by the end of the movie, and she lets people help her, and then she can open the restaurant, and mm. you know all that sort of stuff. Where where is that for Moana? What is that for her? Like, she doubts herself, but she doesn't feel like, she doesn't doubt herself until something goes wrong close to the end of the movie, you know, and everybody does that. That's not like something that's mm. been ongoing in her character since the beginning. Where's the story there? Yeah. What is happening here? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, she's not a, and, and this is, this is the hero journey of somebody who isn't, should be a nobody at the start of the movie mm. who eventually has to prove themselves. But Moana isn't a nobody at the start of the movie. No, she's so that's that journey. That's not a, he- this isn't a hero's journey really necessarily. Yeah. Or like if it was, maybe she'd get lost and have to find her way home or something like that. Yeah. You know, and well, cause the, I mean, be down, brought down a peg or two, but no, that's yeah, well, not the story either. So there what are, is her story? There are the princesses who are born princesses, like um, what's her face? The redhead, the Scottish one. <laughs> Much Merida. Merida. I've only got like pictures of her on my walls. Um, like she's a born princess, right? But she has to go through the journey of completely mucking everything up and almost turning her mother into a bear and yep. stuffing up things for her brothers before being brought down a peg. So, yeah, it's a bit sort of – it's a bit disappointing, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wonder if, if we would have liked it a bit more if the hype, if we'd been in, in, involved in the hype train. I don't know. Possible. I wonder if the hype train would have been better if, like, every other Disney slash Marvel movie, it got released simultaneously around the world. Like, why do we get – we get all the Marvel because movies on time. it came out early. of Thanksgiving and we don't have Thanksgiving. But that doesn't matter. Like We have this – we have Boxing Day holiday and they don't have that in the States. So, yeah, I, I – Right, I mean, but, like, it's – we've lost the momentum. Like – you don't wait to release a Marvel movie until school holidays. Like that's that would no, be because unthinkable. it's not for kids. This is a movie it's for not, children. But that's a huge part of their audience. I know, but this is a movie for children. They and so put they out wait movies, till school holidays. Yes, they put out <sighs> movies for children in school holidays. In America, they have holidays around Thanksgiving. Here, we don't have Thanksgiving off, but we have this time of year off. Also, they're not going to put out Moana opposite Star Wars in the states. And Star Wars came out like a week before this. Anyway, um, I'm aware yeah, of all this, but the, like I, I, when I you get do that, why they did this. You don't, I just don't like. Yeah, you just well, it's it just ruins it because it means that you can't get in on the the, you, the stuff that comes past on Tumblr or Twitter or anything. Like you yeah, just can't but get this in the movie's conversation. Not for us, it's for children. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I don't ha- I don't remember how the other ones c- came out. The other similar um, 
It had exactly the same problem. We had to wait a month. So Frozen was blowing up. Yeah. Absolutely blowing up and we had to wait a month for it. Actually, I do remember that because I I remember seeing the bit in Let It Go where she pulls her hair through her arm Mm -hmm. before I saw the movie. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I, I can't agree with you on that. I mean, they definitely needed to do it the way that they did it. It's just a pain in the butt for us. Yeah. But yeah, I just I felt a little bit underwhelmed overall by Moana. Um, I will probably listen to the soundtrack because it's Lin Manuel Miranda, and there are so many Hamilton people <laughs> on this too. Mm. It was so exciting for me. Yeah, and but and it made me want to go and listen to Hamilton when it's sung by actual singers. It might be better than um, some of the performances that we actually saw. Also, like divorced from the need to act it they might be better i don't know yeah it's interesting i don't know it's i just i know that a lot of people this means a lot to a lot of people and i don't want to you know um shit on it too much well yeah and uh, the thing is lots of people loved it when it came out and i i thought it was adorable and sweet and fun and charming um i thought parts of it were i just wasn't charmed overall by the whole thing all put together. I think the fact that it's got four directors is really telling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many people worked on the script, but I would imagine there's a lot of those guys as well. Oh, the, the script, actually, this is what well, Jared Bush is the only person credited for it, but there are like six other people credited with the story, plus right. Taiki Watiti. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I mean. Like, you can feel that in the movie, right? That there's mm. a lot of different ideas coming into this movie and a lot yep. of, from a lot of different places that aren't gelling right. And it's sweet and it's bubbly and it moves along and there's, you know, it's fine, mm, and but it's like, not a movie that I feel the need to rush out and go see again. No, but if you uh, you are now on school holidays and you have kids to take to the movies, it's not a bad way to spend a couple of hours. True, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've and there's added. a there's a post credit scene as well. Yes, that's super meta. Yeah, um, Spain Clements. Yeah, I almost feel like that might have actually been um, ad libbing. <laughs> Like it d- did sound a bit like that. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if he's got. There's a whole like there's reels and reels yeah. of him ad libbing, um, or reels and reels of audio anyway. <laughs> that that shiny song is so great. It made me laugh like Ridiculous. five times just in his little bit. Utterly absurd. It's fantastic. Um, but anyway, uh, we've roughly hit thirty minutes, so I guess we can wrap it up. What are you giving it? Um, I gave it three stars. I feel now like it really. Didn't deserve three stars, but it was cute. It's fine. I'll give it three stars. Yeah, I'm having issues here because I really did enjoy it, but it's just not going to stick with me, I don't think. Uh, probably three and a half for me because I just liked it a little bit more than you did. Mm. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to find uh, old episodes or our show notes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Moana or any of the other movies that we watch, they will be up on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.